Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is Cold Warning. It was written by Scott D. Anielowski, and it's updated to the 7th edition by Oscar Rios and Tim McGonagall, and it's available from Golden Goblin Press. I'm your Game Master, and this is Episode 5. The recap will be given by John Hicks as his character, Detective Steve Carroll. So, without any further delay... Let's continue our journey into the darkness. John? My name is Steve Carroll, a private detective from Arkham, Massachusetts. The hunting lodge in Maine is quiet now, a change from the drama of earlier this evening. My partners, Leo Lopez and Professor Frank Stamp, along with Dr. Burke and an attorney, Ricky Rand, had come here chasing a murderer from Arkham. The murdered man's brother and wife had come here after a convenient ruling of suicide left them off scot-free. Along the way, we heard stories of Indian ghosts and sorcerers, bad weather and few clues. Once here, we found a nice accommodation and a room full of suspects and no wife. That is until after dinner, when I followed the cook out to an isolated cabin The sinister nurse with attic's arms tried to keep us out, but we found the poor pregnant woman bound to a bed and leaking some black ichor into her sheets. The filthy room was littered with rabbit carcasses. All we could get out of the girl was delirious ramblings. The nurse called her psychotic and prone to eating freshly killed animals she had herself hunted. Given she was tied to the bed, that was doubtful. The brother-in-law stormed in and commanded us all at gunpoint back to the lodge. The stories don't make sense, and people have started seeing things out in the woods or in the windows. This whole thing gives me the creeps, and I have pulled first watch. I don't know what to make of any of it, and there's no telling what the, who the real villain is here. The girl is obviously in a bad way and loony. Stuart Sutton, the brother-in-law, is at once violent and insolent as to what's going on. The snow is deep and getting deeper. Making a dash for a hospital is impossible. I stand watch. All right. Steve, who stands watch with you, anybody? I think everybody else has gone to their rooms. All right. I'm right outside the room with Leo in it. And I'm up on the balcony section. So That's I'm, right. Uh, uh, I'm not on the main floor. Okay. You sit there for about an hour and you can hear the wind outside I- howling. I just wanted to tell him something before we break in, or before we, you tell us what happens. I'm, I'm still, I'm up with him 
on the balcony. Okay. I so really think, yeah, sorry, I had my phone on mute. I was saying stuff, and then I realized you couldn't hear me. All uh, right, so you're keeping watch with him? Yeah. All right. Um, I think we have to get into those rooms. We've got to get this woman to some kind of a medical doctor, or we've got to get her here. Whatever's out there, whether we're imagining it or not, there's something in the woods. Yeah, okay. Our only answer is what's in those rooms. Um, and so you keep saying, but we've got a guy who has not been afraid to pull guns on us in the meantime. Why don't you He's also not food? afraid to be shot. Do you not find that I find odd? It very odd. I find everything about this place very odd. I think it's time to get some rest so that we're at full capacity in the morning. And give him the first move. Uh, like, that's why we're keeping watch. Okay. All right. So as you've been sitting there for about an hour, you can hear the wind coming up outside. It's blowing. You can hear almost wolf-like howls in the wind, uh, the way it whips around the corners of this octagonal-shaped building. And there's times when you fall silent, and it's it sounds almost... Well, like, like the voices of wolves or something like wolves uh, coming from different directions. And as you're sitting there, there suddenly comes a loud scream from Rose's room. Um, and uh, I mean, she just starts screaming rather hysterically. Right. So I, I pull my colt and i rushed to her door okay and as you as you get to her door she opens the door she's in night clothes and she's obviously terrified and she says there's something outside the window there's something out there it was looking in all right and at the same time you hear a loud crash uh at uh randy's room which is next door and, and sounds like glass breaking. Brush her aside and head for Ricky's room. First thing. Right. Um, I was rooming with Ricky, wasn't I? Oh, were you? I believe it was. That's right, you were. Yeah, was Burke was the only was one alone. That's right, you were. All yeah, right. I was rooming with Ricky, yeah. So let's jump, to, let's jump to Professor Franklin for a moment, Professor Stamp. Uh, you've managed to fall asleep. Um, listening to the sound of the wind outside. And you are lost in dreams, um, probably mostly of being back home, uh, when suddenly you're awoken by uh, a tremendous crash in your room. And as you leap up uh, out of bed, uh, you can see that the window has been smashed in 
that there is something in the room uh, that is sort of pounced on Ricky as he's lied in the bed. And you hear Ricky sort of call out in a muffled sort of way as if he is, his face was being covered. And you realize this thing, which looks somewhat like a, and well, it's a, it's a fucking Wendigo, uh, for all intents, is what you see is this blue haired monster. It has its face, its mouth clamped down over Ricky's face, and it's dragging him towards the window, and he's kicking and screaming, or well, trying to scream. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, uh, you I can do a sanity roll. Sanity roll? Yeah. <laughs> I think I made it. 23. Yeah, that has to be. All right. I want you to do at least a 1d6. Even even if you made it. Six. Six? All right. I want you to uh, roll intelligence. rolled an 81 my intelligence uh, PDF is open there we go my intelligence is 80 so I missed it by one all right good you wanted to fail it I know um, <laughs> so you become you you all you do is perhaps yell loudly or do you want to do something there's not much you can do but you can um, you have you have your wits about you even though you take the damage I probably roll out of bed away from like if the window is say to my left and the Wendigo is over there with right. Ricky, I'll roll off the right side of the bed and scooch under the bed, cowering. Okay. And you notice of course that the room is freezing cold as you're doing this. Um, hmm. Would I have the good sense to run out of the room or would I just hide under the bed? I, I think you uh, pro- probably rolled off the bed with your covers on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm just under the bed. I, I'm, I'm too afraid to break for the door. All right. Um, Sorry, Leo. Really low? No, I can hear you. Okay. Um, Leo, uh, there's suddenly loud crashings coming from the room next to you. Uh, I'm sorry. You're, you're awake. Um, uh, uh uh, no, you're not awake. Are you? Uh, where are you? Steve's awake. I, I think. Right. I, yeah, it's been a little while. So I, I think I'm right. Ass out. <laughs> all right. So, so you're suddenly awakened by all this crashing coming from around. You hear glass breaking. You hear. You hear muffled screams. You hear a woman scream for a moment, and uh, you find that your room is chilly and quite. Uh, <laughs> you're quite. You're quite alone by yourself in that room. You know. Uh, so you're. Uh, you're in the dark, as of, of afraid of whatever's out there. What do you want to do? Um, I, I think the screaming would probably override that, and knowing that uh, <clears throat> that Steve is out there, so I'm gonna probably uh, just quickly throw in a pair of pants, grab the Colt and Ricky's revolver, and uh, head out the door. All right, towards the sound of the of the uh, breaking glass and everything. So moments after the scream and the breaking glass, you're all kind of well three of you are in the hall in the on the balcony uh in front of uh dr stamp and ricky's room you hear you hear dr stamp yell out uh what do you do and you can hear commotion you can hear dragging and kicking into the into the war in uh, sorry into the room 
uh, gun in front of me. All right. And indeed, as you burst open the door, you see this thing on the windowsill with Ricky slumped in its arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shooting, its, shooting, its teeth shooting. Buried in its neck. Um, shooting, shooting, bad Wendigo. All right, do a um, do your shot roll. Oh, oh, uh, that would be a uh, failure. Ninety-two out of sixty. All right, I'd say that it scares you so badly you just sort of (laughs) fire. Can I Um, shoot? uh, Well, you're right behind him, Uh, Steve. uh, You you need to you need to both do sanity rolls. Yeah. And then, Doctor Burke, you can shoot. Fail. I made the sanity barely. Okay. If if you fail one d six, I'm sorry. If you fail one d eight, if you made it one d six. Oh, I can do multiple shots. Can I not? Oh. Uh, you're gonna try to unload your gun. What is it? Three shots. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Each subsequent shot has a penalty dice. What does that mean? That means how do I do that? The con. Well, what you'll do is you'll roll the first one for your first shot. And the yeah, second one, which I missed. The second one, you'll roll twice and take the worst roll. Okay. Okay. And what that's telling you is that you fire, and your your the kickback from the gun is making it go off of target. Okay. So I'll fire a second one. Uh, one roll is fifteen, which is a hit, and the other one is twenty six, which was a hit. So right, second so, one hit. So you got two hits. No, I, I got one hit. Got one hit. Okay. I rolled twice. Okay. So I, I had to take the worst one, right? Right, correct. The second time. So it, it still was a hit. Okay. So I got that. Can I fire a third time? Do I do two or three at that point? Just another penalty dice. Just just, just one. I'm sorry. That was a 1d6 for the shots? 1d6 if you passed. Yeah. You passed. No, 1D, 1d6 for the uh, your sanity. And the second one, the third one missed completely. Okay. So one hit. Yeah. So roll for damage on on the the one. That Seven hit. points. All right. Um, did the second one hit? Did you say? The second shot did. Yeah. Okay. So did you hit him twice, or did you hit him once? No, just once. Just once. Okay. Two, That's... two, three shots, two misses, one hit. All right. Seven, Seven points. points. Um. At most, he flinches slightly, like a shoulder, uh, but then just almost like falls like out of the window, carrying Ricky with him, and uh, and down to the ground. Uh, okay, Tom, I need to mention that <clears throat> I have gone two points below my twenty percent at this. Okay, point. what that's going to mean is that you're going to need some real serious psychological help when you get back. Understood. If you survive. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. Um, All right. Which I think you're all going to need some serious (laughs) psychological help. Um, Leo, right? you're coming in right behind them. Okay. And and you don't actually see the thing, but, you know, gunshots have been fired um, what what did you get for uh, damage on your s- s- sanity? Or did oh, you? I didn't. I didn't do the sanity roll. 
Yeah, we'll we'll just have you do a, a regular sanity roll and maybe one d four damage if you if you make it if you pass. I mean, if you if you fail. Sorry, I'm saying Sorry. everything all at once. Nope. So it's a hard hard uh, uh, pass. All right. So you hear gunshots, but you're not phased because you're a, an investigator. And uh, but okay. you come in right as the thing is falling out the window, so you never actually catch a glimpse of it. And they're so all freaking terrified. I can't see it outside. If I look, go to the window and see it. Well, holy mackerel! Did you see what that thing was? I can't believe it. If if you want to run to the window, of course, Stephen and Jonathan are ahead of you. So, yeah, I'm chasing the window. I want to get a, another all shot right. at this thing. Uh, you run to the window, and in fact, uh, you can see that it's pretty much blizzarding outside. But you can see the thing dragging uh, Ricky's body towards the the woods, another and he's shot. doing it rather uh, effortlessly. Yeah, another shot. All right. Probably longer range. And I think you need a penalty dice because you're facing into, you know, snow and blizzard and ice and your faces are getting blasted with, with freezing cold air. Yeah, with the penalty dice, that's a miss. It was an 03. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> so uh, um, at this point, you hear uh, the other guests roused. And they're coming out, um, uh, except for the gangster. He seems to have uh, probably barricaded himself in his room. Having heard gunfire. <clears throat> we got to go get Ricky. Come on, let's, let's move it. Uh, yep, so Steve... Is uh, still uh, mostly dressed at this point, right? Yeah. I'm dressed. I'm, I'm heading downstairs. Okay. You all, Ricky. You also knows, notice that uh, Dr. Stamp is under, I mean, Professor Stamp is under the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get up, get up. I'm, I'm just rolling. I'm, I'm pushing people out of the way. I got to get Ricky. Yep. Down the stairs. Can I load while we're going? Reload while I'm going? Sure. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not in any hurry. It's it's safer <laughs> over here. Um, yeah. I think on the way out that we should see if we can bust the lock on the gun cabinet and grab the uh, couple long arms. Yeah, I out the door, front door, pistol in hand, going after Ricky. All right. Okay. I uh, I'm just wearing pants, so I'm in no condition to go outside. Uh, but I'm going to try to uh, bust the lock or or pop the lock on the uh, the gun cabinet so we get okay. your firepower. Um, I think that you know what you're doing. It's probably not that hard to bust the lock. Steve, you go out the front door, and the second you open the door and, and hit outside, it feels like it's 40 below zero. Um, uh, the wind is howling. The wind shell factor is probably what makes it that cold. And there's a good three feet of snow on the ground. And when you take... You know, to move 10 feet into it, you realize that you're just, you're plowing and that there's no way that you could catch that thing. Or... Can I, can I see it and or Ricky at all? At this point, they're probably just going into the tree line way over there. And it's just a gray shape because of the snow and the blizzard. Yeah. So you can't really even tell where it's going. Son of a bitch. Now I'm at, uh... the, I'm at the window now. I'm, no, I'm, I'm at the window now. I'm like, 
Steve, what are you doing? No, no, no. Uh, I, I turn around. Uh, I, I can't. <coughs> uh, I need at least a jacket and proper clothes and my long arm. Maybe you should get uh, Mr. Sutton to help you as well. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I think it's... Sorry, go ahead. Are you ready to confront Mr. Sutton now? Yeah, it's time. I, I come Where, back in and start putting on my jacket. Where's Achuk? Um, now from all the noise, Achuk has come out of his room. Uh, uh, and he's like, what's wrong? What's going on? Something just burst into his room and took Ricky. Actually, did, did he burst into Rose's room first? Yeah, no, it was outside. It was outside. She saw a face. She saw window. it outside. Okay, right, right. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> you said our rooms, the our rooms are on has... the um, our rooms are on the first floor or second floor by American Correct. stage, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You said the gangsters barricaded in him in the room. I said he probably has because he didn't come out of his room. Oh, we we haven't heard whether or not he's okay. Right. Um, also. Um, <coughs> Arthur Burgess and Dr. Quentin Wentworth come out. Dr. Quentin, at this point, from they've both suffered some fright and terror because of this. Dr. Wentworth, uh, Dr. Quentin uh, Wentworth doesn't look so good. And he told you at the party earlier that he has a heart condition. And uh, he's starting to, uh, to you, Dr. Burke, he looks like he's showing signs of imminent heart attack possibly doctor do you have any do you have any medicine do you have some uh yeah, i have nitro, nitro, nitro yes take some and sit down on the couch have, i don't understand what's going on it's uh, okay we'll we'll deal with it you wrap yourself up on the couch is there any treatment i can give him beyond that probably not Nitroglycerin would be the thing. So, um, get him some water. But yes, yeah, get him some water. Um, I'm pulling on my coat and heading for Sutton's room. All right. I think, and while Steve's doing that, Leo's going to throw on the rest of his clothes and then uh, head to Mr. Strollo's room and see tell Achuk what we saw and what's happening. I've okay. thrown my coat on and my shoes because it's freezing cold in my room now, so I'm not going to stay in there. Um, and I'll go down, and I'll, I'll get some brandy for the doctor. Okay. Try to help him calm down. Um, Achuk looks terrified, and uh, he, he thinks only of his wife at this point, so he runs back to his room to get uh, cure it. Bring um, her out here so we're all in one location. Uh, all right, so he's going to do that. Um, Professor, I get I, I lose track of what everybody just said all at the same time. Um, <laughs> Professor Stamp, um, uh, you've gone up to your room. Uh, uh, did you see you were going to try Strollo's room? No, no, I was coming out of my room because I just grabbed my coat, and oh, okay. out of my shoes, and I was going okay. downstairs to see if I could get some brandy. Um, oh, for that's the doctor, right. that's of right. course, because he, he was having a, a rough time, and I thought it might be able to calm down but also half of it's for me, so. Okay, so you've done that. Um, who was going up to Strollo's room? 
So Leo's put, Leo's pulled on his clothes, and now he's he's uh, knocking or slamming on Mr. Strillo's door and telling him that his uh, to to please open the door. His daughter needs him. Um, after a couple of things, you hear furniture move for a second, and then um, Strollo sticks his face out and he says, "What the fuck is going on?" Rose, she says, "I'm here, Daddy." Like this, and and she runs over to him, and he goes, "I heard gunshots." Uh, yeah, Mr. Strollo, your your daughter seems pretty uh, alarmed. She seems to have seen something outside in the snow, and it just grabbed our friend Ricky and pulled him out of the window. So we, we think you should maybe, uh, if you've got any heat with you, you should come down and, and, you know, stay with your daughter. We're all trying to be in one central place. Well, he looks, the, the, the arrogance and uh, the, whatever you'd call it, the, the bravado of the man sort of fades away and he immediately says, I'll be right down. <laughs> and he's, he's got Rose. So after a couple of seconds, they head on down too. Um, Steve, uh, down the hallway is both Achuk and Hurit's room and Sutton's office and Sutton's room. Um, so in essence, you are going down the hallway with Achuk, uh, and then Achuk's going to veer off and go into his room and you're going to continue. Uh, was anybody else going with Steve? I'm going with him. All right. Once I get the... I sitting down there. So you get past uh, Achuk's room, and there's two doors, one for the office and one for his room, his suite. Which well, one are you going to go to? The suite door is the one I'm going to pound on okay. and yell, Sutton, we need you out here now. All right. Uh, you bang on his room, door. Uh, there's no response. You bang again. There's no response. And I op- try to open it. Is it locked? Uh, it's locked. Uh, and I kick it in. Okay. Do a strength roll. Uh, 82. I will use the two luck to make that. Okay. So you kick it in. You break the lock. Uh, the, the, the door opens, and you basically see an empty bedroom uh, with a bed that obviously has not been slept in. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm heading in directly the other option. There you go, doctor. The room's all yours to search. Okay. All right. You're not at all concerned where he's gone? Well, I am, but I'm a lot more concerned about what's dragging Ricky into the woods. Okay. And I'm going to um, go for my carbine. Okay. And where are you going? Are you going to the uh, back door? Or are you going to his uh, office? Which is next door? That's a question for Burke, right? No, that's for you. I, I'm going back to my room to grab my long rifle. All right. So you're going back to get your rifle. Um, is there another exit out of this room? Uh, there's a, an exit going into his office. Okay, let's go in there. All right. Um, you're going to go into his office. Uh, Leo, what are you doing? So, um, just to be clear, so I grabbed my 
shotgun from the from the room. Right. It came down and it got busted the lock open. And while everyone has been, you know, um, looking for Mr. Sutton, I started loading the rifles that are in the uh, in the cabinet so I can hand them out to um, you know Strollo Sutton, the other gentlemen that were hunting, and and get everybody uh, armed. All right. Um, when you hand one of those to Doctor uh, Wentworth, um, he looks very nervous about such things, and um, he's looking kind of pale and uh, doesn't look very well. Yeah, I don't think I would hand him one since he's busy having okay. a heart attack. Okay. Uh, it's <laughs> mostly for the people I've seen hunting that I think could handle one. Um, so, Doctor Stamp, you're out. We know that you don't like. Yeah. Uh, not a fan of firearms. Um, Arthur but, Burgess gets one, and the other two guys. Yes. And I don't know if the the uh, Burgess, the one who was reading the the book. Yes. Okay. He takes the gun. Uh, yeah, but he he's the most silent one of the of the bunch. Uh, yeah. Seems less terrified. Of course, he didn't see anything, so. So I, I would probably ask Mr. Burgess if he was comfortable with it. Um, has sure. he shot a weapon before? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I would probably try to impress on him, trying to explain what I guess uh, I've, what I've heard now is secondhand right from Steve and the folks that were in the room. Um, so I guess I would try to tell him, you know, that uh, there's some kind of animal that, that broke into the lodge and, and took one of the guests. Which he nods gravely about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Um, it sounds so crazy, and yet you guys are all arming yourselves, so it's... And there's been gunshots. He's, he's confused. They're all confused. Okay. Uh, Pro Professor Stamp, what are you doing? You've got your, your brandy. Oh, I'm on my second glass. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what are you going to do? You guys are going to... your nerves. Are you guys gonna actually go out and try to hunt that thing? I mean, we gotta get Ricky. grabbed Ricky by the face and dragged him into the woods before you could even get outside, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta well, try that. I, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving him to that, whatever it is. But I'm not going out naked either. And I'm putting on my hat and gloves and what was heading the, for the door. What was the visibility outside? You'd say, Steve. Uh, midnight in a snowstorm. I mean, how many feet do you think? Oh, 10, About, about 20. 10, right? So yeah. if, if we want to try to... Or, I mean, look, I need a lamp. If we want to try to look for Ricky as safely as possible, we can take you know, the men that we've got here that are armed and maybe leapfrog, right? Someone goes 10 feet, then the next person, next person, so we don't lose... Uh, we can nah, keep this, is, this, is, this is Maine Woods. Uh, we... All we're going to be able to do now is is follow tracks through the snow, assuming there are tracks. some. Right. So, uh, you know, that's me in the front. I'm grabbing a kerosene lamp, and here we go. All right. This goes against my better judgment, but I'll come with you, but uh, I'll, I'll carry the lamp or okay. extra lamps or whatever. We still okay. need light. Take, still good. Still um, need what? We still need light, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll take up the rear, and we'll take up any other volunteers kind of between you and I. 
And uh, as long as we keep sight of the house, we should be able to to get back relatively safely. Well, and it's cold. It's bitter cold out. So I mean, we're going to be moving. Uh, we're going to want the. We're going to want to strap on the snowshoes, and we're going to. Uh, you know, everybody needs to be bundled up as as best they can while still being. Uh, you know, this is hunting. We're going to be moving quickly, even in the snow. So. And presumably the lodge has snowshoes for the other guests, right? Well, we've got enough. Is everybody going? Is everybody in our party going? Why? Well, I, I presume guess. so. We yes. got, we've got at least we, one got extra, extra for Ricky. Right. <clears throat> Ricky's bear is good. Uh, with your patient, your new patient. Uh, Montoya and Pierce, the other guests, uh, they think you're insane. Going out into the blizzard in the snow, you'll die. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So See they're us. not they're not going. Is Hong Sutton Kong in the office? First marker. Uh no, he's not. Um you you walk into his office and uh you bring the you've got the lantern, you turn up. <laughs> and the first thing that makes you jump uh without a without a, a sanity roll is this directly over his desk on the wall behind it. Jesus. The fuck is that? Professor Stamp. <laughs> <laughs> this is in his office. Yeah, what's up? Take it take it down off the wall. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's a mask. It's composed of leather, clay, and other materials. Uh, Dr. Stamp, do a... Uh, anthropology? Anthropology. Is it designed to be put on? Is it like, or is it wall decoration? Man. It, it could be put on. I got a regular success. I could turn it into a hard success <laughs> with four luck points if it's worth it. I think it's okay. Um you're sure that it's Algonquin in in uh, origin, and that it's probably the Algonquin representation of what a Wendigo looks like. Does it look at all like the thing that I saw grab Ricky by the Not really. Not really. Not really. But you recognize it from from samples that you've seen uh, in museums the, and stuff uh, like this. It's it's a representation of the Algonquin boogeyman, Doctor, uh, the Wendigo. Does it do anything? It's, it's it, the Wendigo or the mask? It stares no, at I you impertinently. Eh? Yeah, I said it stares at you impertinently. It's scared. <laughs> it scared me. <laughs> How yeah, do you no, get know. out? Is there an exit to the outside? Is there there's, a a there's a back door. Yeah, yeah he's said, he's, remember before when we were in his room, there was a door Oh, that leads straight out. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. okay. Is it open and unlocked? It's not locked. Lock it. Do you have a key? Well, you must be able to lock it from the inside without a key. Yeah. I want, if he comes back, I want him to come <laughs> to the front door where we can see him. Oh, I don't think we're going to be here. Didn't you hear that we're going on a hunting party? We're going to go rescue Ricky? No, I didn't. <laughs> Anything else in this room? Look around 
Do a spot hidden. Do a spot hidden. Just normal one. All right. You're looking around at his desk. You're looking around at uh, various log books and stuff like that. And you find what looks like a journal. Okay. Um, Do you want to read it? All right. Sure. Um, Skim it. You start skimming through it, and uh, this is what you see. Uh, If you'll read that out loud. It was a glorious night, cold and crisp. The stars twinkled in their spheres above. I was so excited to at last introduce my brother and his wife to our glorious master, father of the winds and the lord of the airy regions. It was I who served as an avatar between heaven and earth to plant the seed within her. Through me, my master has taken a bride, and through her shall the son of size be brought into the world. I am made humble, and she is made glorious. Too bad neither of them will remember this event. Now she will. Now we shall await our Messiah. Now we shall sing softly to the night winds. Soon shall the white snow be stained crimson with blood. Soon shall the winter wind shriek out his coming. Let the cleansing begin. Let the purest ice cover the world. Then shall the sun stride the north wind with his father and cover the world in a blanket of perpetual ice and snow. January 7th, it has become apparent Joseph has started to remember the events of last July. He confronted me and accused me of sleeping with his wife. I tried to convince him he was delusional, but something has to be done. January 14th, Joseph is dead. It had to be done. He was a threat. For some reason, he remembered. It must have been that damned alienist he was seeing. They think Joseph killed himself. After the funeral, I will convince Marilyn to come back to Winterhaven with me. I'll hire a nurse to help care for her until the great day arrives. I'll protect her and the unborn child of my Lord. I see. All right. I think Diagnosis all fucked up. All right. The other of you are uh, uh, Professor Stamp, you're in there with him. Uh, uh, Steve and uh, Leo, you are bundled up and getting ready to go out into the snow and ice. Run and tell them about the journal. And All right. Um, I think from the sounds of that, Burke, you know what to do with the woman. And I'm going after Ricky. You're going to go off after something called the Lord of the Winter Night. Uh, well, Great, and it's that or I'm heading for the cabin to take care of the problem there. Well, Steve, hold on. How, how long has it been now since Ricky was taken? What, 10 minutes? 10 minutes. minutes. Did you see if he was, I mean, you said that beast or whatever had its, its mouth over his face, right? Yeah, and dragged him off the second floor balcony. Right. From his head, right? So if Ricky even survived that fall, he has to be near death or just or dead at this point. By the time we find him... He was only wearing his pajamas after all. Yeah, and as much as I hate to say that, 
we're clearly do i mean I, i'm not really ready yet to to say that it's you know the forces leo i uh, we're up against sorry but, but i think that from what burke just said about what he found in the study he's there is a a, bat, a worse a worse task to be done out in the cabin. Mm. Yes, assuming that Sutton is not just delusional. I mean, we haven't. That still I'm can. I'm sorry. Be, that black that blot black shit on the sheets is telling me and something that creature is not in the right window. there. I know, but what we have to do then is terrible. At the very least, we're dealing with a mad. I don't man. like the idea of, of leaving Ricky to whatever that thing was, if it wasn't Sutton so himself. But if but if it's Sutton in some kind of crazy state that did that, we need to be ready to deal with him, not just go out guns blazing. Is there any chance? I want to save Ricky. On the window looked like Sutton. I don't know. I want to save Ricky too, but I think we need to be, we need to have a better plan than just rushing out. That, uh, that, that was not Sutton that came through the window. Is that Chuck back in the main room? Yeah. He's there with his wife. Um, Did he hear, hear about the journal? They're, they're both like, uh, terrified on the couch. Um, rather speechless. Um, have I ever heard of this uh, Lord of the North Wind or whatever it was called? Uh, Why don't you do a yeah, do an anthropology or a, 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 what would you call it? Maybe a knowledge rule. Knowledge makes sense. Intelligence. That's based on education, actually, I think. Yeah, education. I'm going to ask that Chuck the same thing. Does he know anything about Nope, I don't. He's like, he's like these are legends of my people. It, it's the Wendigo. Well, one just came through the window on the upper stair and took Ricky. So Leo's going to. Once, once a Wendigo begins to hunt you, you're doomed. So Leo's going to talk to you. Do you know again. anything we can do to stop it? Anything we can but do to fight it? But it's all, it's all just legend and. Uh, that wasn't a let. Go look at the window upstairs. There is, I, 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 he's like, but I can tell you the legends of my people, but I don't know that uh, until how just now. Kill, who believed? How do you kill a Wendigo? Well, the opposite of what it is. It's it. It has an icy heart. If you pierce its heart with fire then it kills the Wendigo. Otherwise, you can't hurt it. You can you could damage it very badly, but when the sun goes down or, or rises the next day, it'll just come back to life. Wendigos are, are not alive per se. A and there's brand in the in the in the ancient uh in the ancient beliefs of my people, the only one who was fearless against the Wendigo was uh, Gichi Machaba, the the great uh, rabbit, the great hare. I have a mask on my wall that my grandfather gave me. Can we see, see it? 
and he points, but he's not getting up because he's there with his wife. I go down and get it. Does it look like the Wendigo mask? Bring it to Dr. Franklin. It looks like this. (laughs) However, um, Killer Bunny. Uh, you don't bring it to him. What happens is, is you, uh, as you reach for the mask, um, there's almost a tingling sensation in the tips of your fingers as you reach for it, like static electricity. It surprises you and causes you to pull your fingers back. It's obviously made of wood. Wood shouldn't have any kind of static or anything like that. Move forward and, and unless it causes pain, reach forward and... You touch it. Do a power roll. Power? Yeah. Willpower. Yep. Um, Six. Uh, when you touch it, you... You feel a little dizzy, and for a moment, you're not in the same place. You are uh, on the uh, you're in in the on the plains. Um, there's a forest behind you. It's winter, and there are things in the distance, and you see the great hare the great rabbit, um, defending the people against the Wendigo. It's a flash. And maybe it's because of the story that he just told you. But there's definitely something there in that mask. Now, the mask doesn't look that old. You know. Dr. Stamp. (laughs) Professor. Stamp. Professor. Yes. Come and see this. Okay. I tell him what tell him what happened. Really? What do you do, Professor Stamp? I don't touch it. <laughs> um do I okay? So I didn't really know about this legend, but uh, I mean that looks like the mask that uh, Achak was talking about. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should put it on. I'm building perhaps up the fire. Perhaps it'll turn you into uh, the children's warrior. Achak, have you ever? How did you well, get this? He's he's all the way down the hall and in the main room. I can't take it off the wall, you said? Sure, or sure. Yeah, you can. I can take it off the wall. Yeah. It doesn't seem to affect you now. Okay. Um, uh, he says, uh, my grandfather made that for me uh, uh, when I was when I got married to uh, uh, Hurit. It's the uh, it's uh, a sacred mask like uh, uh, part of our, you know, rituals. Um, I tell him uh, what happened when I touched it. Have you ever 
that's very strange. Nothing like that's ever happened to me. Have you ever put it on? Dr. Burke? Not really. No, I hung it on the wall. How would Offered it be used in your rituals? I'm sorry, what were you saying, Dr. Stamp? I'm mean, Professor Stamp. How would it be used in your rituals? Well, it's on, on a festival. Uh, somebody wears it and they reenact the uh, the driving back of the winter uh, winter cold by the spring uh, fertility and one of them plays Gitchi Machabo. And what happens to this Gitchi Machabo at the end of the story? <laughs> He's the protector of the people. He's a kind of a hero. Does he die? <laughs> a Manitou? No, Manitous don't die. Oxford, what was your grandfather's position in the tribe? Um, I think he's a mechanic, but uh, uh, he knows a lot of the old legends. I mean, he all of our people more. know know them. He didn't have a more sermon. <sighs> I mean, he was well respected by all of the people. Let me see that mask, Doctor. I'll actually reach over to try to take it. All right. So. Um, do a power rule. Because in my mind, I'm thinking maybe the doctor's a little crazy. Who? Which one of us? Uh, the guy who grabbed the the, the mask from you. Uh, what is my power? That is a fail. Okay. Um, you grab the mask, and you've got a fairly good grip on it, and suddenly, uh, you can see this ritual of uh, of the man dancing, wearing the mask, and driving back the wind to go into the, into the cold, and ushering in spring, and protecting the people from the, the devil of winter. And Do we both see it? Because no, I'm holding one only, in. Only him. Um, and you also see uh, something that looks like it must have been hundreds of years ago, but you see an old man dressed oddly as a mechanic handing this mask to Achuk. Uh, and you can tell that it's at a wedding, but you're getting a complete vision of this whole thing and realizing that the mask has power. And that possibly the Wendigo would be afraid of it. And then the vision breaks and you sort of, you feel dizzy for a moment. Mm -hmm. Does that require a sanity roll? No, I don't think so. No? Okay. Dr. Stamp, are you all right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm okay. What did you see? What happened? I saw the past. And maybe the future. This mask holds some kind of ancient power. I don't know how to describe it. But, uh, I think that this may be very powerful if you plan to try to uh, drive away this creature, Steve. <laughs> Shall I take Mass? Well, I think if you plan to fight this creature, this Wendigo, you should probably wear this mask. I 
reach out for it. All right. You can also do a power roll. That is a Pass it uh, critical success. Uh, you have no reaction whatsoever to it. I put it on. Um, just feels like a wooden mask. Okay. Let's go, guys. Time to go to the cabin. Well, let Dr. Stamp put it on. Yeah. Why should I put it on? Well, you had a reaction. He didn't. You, you, told me, you told me to put it on, and it's time to go. But if it, doesn't, if it works with him and doesn't work with you, we're throwing away a potentially useful. What makes you think it's not going to work with him just because he didn't have a vision? Well, that's the only thing we know that's different about the mask is the vision. You had it, I had it. You can wear it. I think we need to get going to the cabin. I think you should wear it then, Doctor, because I am no fighter. I am. If I see that, okay, I'm going anywhere near it. I'll put it on. Hand it back to Burke. Is I there any reaction? Loaded. Uh, nope, nothing. All right. Let's well, go. If we're going to do this, let's go. Because, uh, All right. Let's go. I'm starting to run out of courage. All right. Um, so I'll take the uh, you know lantern in one hand, and I'll have like a bundle of like maybe a blanket and some some warm clothes for Ricky, just in case. And we'll actually, this, find him alive. Despite what I said, Steve, you know you've been through so much. You know I've got your back. So I'm, I'm sorry about before, but I just wanted to make sure we were ready. Yeah, yeah. Who Let's is head going? For the ca isolated cabin. Who is going out the door first? That'd be Steve. Okay, Steve. Uh, Steve, With you. Leo in the rear and the other folks in between us, okay. kind, of, kind of watching everyone's back. Uh, Steve, uh, you open up the door. Uh, the wind is cold. Um, you know the direction of the cabin. Um, but as you take one step out, uh, do a spot hidden roll for me. Uh, that is a success. Okay. Uh, that's a critical success. It's hard to tell because the wind is blowing. Everything is sort of moving this way because the snow is blowing. Mm -hmm. But you can see something in the woods there moving. You can also see left. something over there in the woods moving. And they both have sort of anthropomorphoid shapes. There's more than yeah. one of these things. It's all right. Uh, who's right behind me? Is it Burke? Yep. Okay. I'm going to, like, I've got a, a lamp in one hand and a rifle in the other, and I am making for the cabin, which I kind of, if I'm remembering correctly, is off to the right. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Do you want me to carry the lamp? Uh, I hope you have one of your own because it is dark and windy. Are you guys coming, Professor? And yeah, I'm right behind you. Okay. Right. In the rear. Let's go. Are any of the uh, other guests with us? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. In fact, uh, the, the gangster thought you guys were insane playing with a mask. 
Is he armed? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. They're they're all armed inside. Uh, I would like you to do a listen roll. All of you. Yes. Ooh, it's. I'm rolling up nicely. That nope. is a uh, hard success. Um, you definitely believe that the sound of howling is coming from these creatures in the distance. You also hear a big crash come from behind you back in the lodge, and you suddenly hear gunshots. Ah, oh, sweet Christ. And, you know, turn around, head back there. So I was in the rear, so I should be the first one in. Right. Uh, when you bust into the room, you can see that one of these things, these windicos, has come through the window, and it is attacking, um, we'll say Mr. Uh, what's his name? Strollo? No. Um, Mr. Burgess. Uh, it has him pinned against the wall, and it's biting into him as he's screaming. Strollo is firing his gun rather badly. Uh, Rose is screaming and trying to run away. Um, uh, Dr. Heart Attack is having a heart attack. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and the, two, uh, the two other guys are hugging each other and trying to get the hell away. I'm Steve. making for the okay. fire, fireplace. I want to grab a brand and, and use that against this thing. Okay, you'll have to cross the room. Um, First, does Leo have a clear shot at it? Sure. Okay, so yeah. I've got, uh, let's see. Yes. Oh, so I've got seven shots. Right, so. Um, okay, but how many shots does your gun fire at, at a, one a time? One at a time. Yeah, one All right. so one per it's round. A pump, it's a pump shotgun. So. Right. Um, so to fire, sorry. What's the, uh, what do I want to roll? Uh, you should have a fire, a firearm skill. Mm -hmm. Oh, for, so for, for, for shotguns. Okay. Uh, so I missed, missed the first shot. Okay. Um, uh, Steve, you're running towards the fire. Uh, what are the other two doing? What are, uh... I am going to do something stupid because I'm terrified and I don't know what to do. So I'm going to throw this lantern at the creature. Okay. Right? I, I mean, assume, assume it's kind of like glass, right? The, yeah. Is it yeah. an oil lantern? It's, it's like or? an oil lantern. Or yeah, yeah. Hurricane lantern. I'm going to um, throw it at it. I'm going to stand here fun. wearing a stupid mask. I'm going to order the thing to go away. Okay. Oh, God. Towards it and try to. That's throw, right? Skip. Right, correct. Is it worth it? Yeah, I want to see what happens. I'm going to spend 35 luck wow. to make Ooh. it a success. Okay. So you fling the thing right at it. Um, it, it the glass shatters on the creature. And the creature immediately goes up in flame. Burgess also uh, is caught yeah, in the splash. And, uh, 
he sure starts man. to burn. Uh, Dr. Burke, uh, you step forward and command the thing to leave. And when you do that, it definitely turns its face at you uh, and looks at you, I guess, with a sense of, I mean, first of all, it's terrifying looking, but the creature suddenly has a look as if uh, it's afraid of you um, as it suddenly bursts into flame. Uh, the creature, though, uh, the creature begins to move back towards the window, but it's dragging a Burgess with it, who's also in flames. And it doesn't seem to be too concerned about the fire. Uh, Steve, what are you going to do? You, 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 now you've grabbed a... a I, I, yeah. Uh, fire, on fire, log, stick, whatever I can grab out of the fireplace and try to beat it. Like okay. Stoker. Well, right. I was thinking of the grabbing of the uh, the metal st uh, stoker, but it's not hot itself right now. I need something yeah. hot right now, so I'm just gonna grab the whatever I can out of the fire and use that. All right, like a hot log burning on one end or something. Right. So I would like you to do a uh, brawl roll or whatever it is, a fighting roll. Yeah, and that would be a hideous failure. Okay. Um, as you approach the creature with it and you try to hit him, uh, one of his claws lashes out and knocks the fire, the, the, the wood out of your hand uh, as it howls at you. Um, the log rolls across the room and under a piece of furniture. So it's very likely to probably start a fire yeah. in a minute. So here um, we go. <laughs> uh, uh, the creature... Uh, uh, at this point backs up and almost sort of leaps backwards out the window, dragging Burgess with him. Can I grab Burgess? Am I close enough to try and grab Burgess or make the thing, try to make the thing drop him? Sure. You can try. What do I uh, do? That's also a, a, it's brawl. It's, it's grapple, but it's a brawl. Surprisingly. Yes. I need you to do a strength roll then. <laughs> nope. Yeah, you can grab a hold of him, but the thing yanks him out of your hand. It's way And it doesn't strong. do anything when I say drop it. It just looks frightened at me. Uh yeah, it's trying to get it's definitely trying to get away from you. While uh, it's but it's not it's not gonna let go of its prey. Does does he have time have time to get off another shot? It's just a matter of... Yes, just as it's going out the window, you can shoot at it. Okay, so I'm going to <laughs> blow on my luck as well to make that a uh, hard success. Okay, you don't need a hard success. So it's just a regular success? Uh, then yes. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to waste your luck. Um, all right, do, uh, do regular damage for your weapon. This, uh, oh, come on. Uh, oh, what's my distance to it? 10 feet. 
That's you're, you're, you're at the, the close range. Cool. Um, so it actually says for this is a 4d6. Excuse me. Right. That sound right? Okay. Yeah, so do 4d6. Four, four It's 18 total damage. Uh, or so you think. Uh, 18 damage. Um, uh, you blow its fucking head off with your shotgun. It splatters on the wall a, a dark green black goo. Um, uh, and it, it falls to the ground dead and lifeless. Almost as if it was never really alive. It, it doesn't twitch. It just drops. And right. Bur Burgess drops with it, but Burgess is dead. All right, that's it. I'm putting the stoker in the fire and stoking the fire. Extra wood on, get it blazing. And I want a red hot poker to stick through that thing's heart. At the very least, we know that they die. Well... Achak said that they die tonight. They don't and wake up in the morning. Yeah, you must you must burn fire. its you must burn its heart. Yeah. So uh I'll go over to the body and take a knife and try to cut out its heart. Okay. You're gonna have to do a sanity roll. Or you can yeah, just yeah. Stab I think it. you can all do That's sanity all right. rolls again. Nothing left. Yeah, okay. Oh no. I made that one. <laughs> no. I failed dramatically. All right. Uh, in my element. If, if you made it, do a 1d4. If you failed it, do a 1d6. <laughs> Four more. Yeah, two more. What damage did you take, Dr. Burke? Three. Okay. And Leo? Four. Kind of lucky. I have hit my <laughs> Did I get anything back from the days before? Uh, no. The very no. first day that we were going to No. No. <laughs> not, with, not unless you seek psychiatric care or something. In institutional I am care. psychiatric care. <laughs> I, um, I, I am at my 20% threshold as well. That's cool. I, lo I lost another four points. Um, all right. At this point, there's pandemonium. Is one fifth, right? <laughs> Correct. At this point, there's pandemonium, of course. The stroller doesn't know what the hell that thing is. Burgess is dead. Uh, the doctor's having a heart attack. He's probably not going to make it more than five minutes. Um, Can uh, we give him more nitro? Uh, yeah, you can try, but he's, he's absolutely terrified. Uh, why don't you do a, a first aid roll? Uh, hard success. Okay. Well, you think you managed to stabilize him. Um, you hear even more howls from outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cutting out there's, also, there's also the room is getting cold now because, well, you've soaked the fire, but the window is broken out. Yeah. And I'm, I'm busy cutting out its heart. Okay. Uh, it takes you a little bit of time, but you find what you think is its heart. And uh, what do you do with it? I toss it in the fire. All right. 
When you do that, the body immediately begins to deteriorate and sort of liquefy on the ground. Um, there's now a big pile of nasty smelling goo. I, I'm assuming it didn't gain like a human shape while it was dissolving. It just stayed yeah. undergrified. Um, but do a spot hidden for me, Leo. Okay. Yeah, it's good. You do, as you're watching this happen, get the distinct impression from some of the features and some of the sort of pseudo rag-like things that it's wearing that it might have been a human at some point in time. In the I can't make out if I recognized it. No, you don't recognize it. Just that it was it wasn't always the way that it was. Professor Stamp, in your uh, in your studies of, of this Native, Native American lore, was there anything you ever came across about Wendigos making other Wendigos or, or people being cursed into becoming a Wendigo? You want me to roll for that for anthropology or occult? Um... Do you know the answer? Me personally? Yeah. Um, no, not really. I only know what I've seen in movies. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead and roll for it. Of course, Achak knows. So. I rolled a 16, so that would be a, a hard success on um, a cult or an extreme success on anthropology. Yeah. You know that... Um, the Wendigo is supposedly caused by natives who were starving to death in the winter and ended up eating each other. Uh, right. they, they became cannibals and, and they, thus they became wind, they, they become Wendigos. And the Wendigo's trait is that it is always hungry. It is cursed with starvation and it's, it's constantly wanting to eat victims. So anybody who wanders in the woods is a prime target for a Wendigo to eat you. So I will relay that information exactly. And, and they basically, so it's not so much that they make other Wendigos, but anyone who, you know, cannibalizes and is it did, subject to the curse. And it did not like the bunny mask. So I think, Bert, you're in... in need to lead us to the cabin so we can take care of the girl. The, oh, yeah. You think she's one of these things? I think she's about to give birth to an uber Wendigo. If, I, if what that journal said was true. A few minutes ago, I would have tried to find some other solution, but you saw when I blew that thing's head off, that was the exact same thing that we found on the sheets. Uh, we're we're not killing a pregnant woman. I'm sorry. Uh, says the man in the bunny mask. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, if if she produces a monster, I'll be the first one in line to blow uh, its brains out. From from those that journal entry, 
Sutton for sure is getting a bullet the next time I see him. Oh, yeah. No question. What if, though? And I am not sure that whatever she is about to birth isn't getting the second bullet. Agreed upon. But what if, since Stamp, or sorry, Sutton refers to himself as the conduit, what if taking him out takes care of the yeah what yeah you know that's we are way outside science and reason here i I, I, we need to do something was there any sense with the wendigo that the mask's power extended beyond me like anything we could have observed like it that it like if i was in the center would it extend to the to guys around me there's no way to tell that but it definitely tried to get move away from you. So, all right, listen. Okay, let's go. So, you think getting Stuart is the key to to, to ending this? No, I situation. think Stuart's going to be a problem that needs to be taken care of. I think Obviously, he's going to come to us. Obviously, we can't go to him. Right, but, but remember, if you want if you want to get his attention and get him to come to you. Well, I think the cabin is the place to be. Yeah. So how quickly he showed up the last time we went in there. Right. Not to mention that, remember, whatever killed the doctor back in Arkham, he must have summoned or yeah. brought or whatever. I don't even know what words to use. All I know is we saw I... two, two more of those things outside when this one came in. So there are at least two more Wendigos out in the woods between us and the cabin. Oh. Do we make a break for it? In the meantime, should we present the fire from from forming underneath the furniture over there? Well, yeah, that'd probably be a good idea. Let so Strollo gonna... take care of it. He's not good for anything else anyway. Mr. Strollo, do you have a... A bucket? No, we, I, I'll take... Uh... I would say they should all come with us, but the doctor can't come with us. If we leave him, he's toast. I don't, I'm not worried about the other guests other than not burning the place down so we have some place to come back to. Yeah. Let's, I say we take care of that and then Steve and Professor Stamp, I think you're both right. We need to go to the cabin. One way or the other, well, the problems are going to end up coming to us there. So I'll grab two of those pokers out of the fire because I don't have anything else to carry now anyway. I'll bring these with us. I'm sure there's a fire going over there. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want the mask? No. I'll wear the I'll wear the mask. I'll go first. No, I'll go first. I just want he doesn't have a weapon. Let's oh, go. Two hot two hot pokers. Okay. Two hot pokers. Yeah, I don't have to use them. I was just thinking to have them for utility purposes. If we uh shoot another one of those things and have to burn its heart out. Let's yeah, go and stay close. I'm right behind you, Steve. I'm right behind Burke, Captain Buddy. You're right. in charge. By the way, in the meantime, we have—I think we have probably evolved, right? Reloaded. And... Yes. Yeah. You're our, you are prepared. All right. So once now, again, I insist all of you, we're going to hop our way, <laughs> Captain. So you all make your way out into the storm once again. Howls it 
Um, you're about 20 feet from the lodge now, and I'd like you to all do spot hiddens. In fact, you can do spot hiddens with a bonus roll. So roll them twice and take the, take the best roll. <laughs> In other words, it's not well hidden. <laughs> That's a pass. Those of you that passed, you no longer see any Wendigos out in the woods. Because they're all lined up. <laughs> okay. I've passed. I'm sorry. Um, you I'm move sorry, farther. What, I'm sorry, go which ahead. Which skill were we rolling? Which skill were we rolling? Sorry. Uh, spot hidden. Yeah, I failed. Okay, okay. sorry. Uh, but you notice that there, you don't see any Wendigos out in the woods. Um, you you wade your way through the, the snow. Um, any kind of trail that might have been there before has been muted by the blizzard itself. Um, but you think you're going in the right direction. And as you get within 30 feet or so of the cabin, it starts to become visible. You can see that the light was on But there are Wendigo around the cabin. And you see, as you're just within viewing distance, that the door to the cabin opens and Marilyn comes out of the cabin um, with uh, Sutton right behind her. And uh, she starts walking uh, into the woods and it almost looks like she's leading the way. Um, he's not helping her. She's, uh, stumbling through the, the snow, but, uh, she's heading toward, she's heading north into the woods and he's following right behind her. I'm taking you don't a see, you don't but... see the, you don't see the, um, the nurse. Is she I, still visibly pregnant? Oh Yeah. I, I'm taking a shot as soon as I have a clear shot because they move, right? Uh, not when Marilyn's in front, but as soon as they move off into the woods and I've got a clear shot at Sutton, I'm taking it. All right. With my carbine. I think we all should. Um, Leo's going to take aim at Sutton as well. At this point, you are, you know, they're moving away from you, so your range is kind of you know, uh, it's not it's not close range at this point. So go ahead and try uh, try your shot. Mm, I imagine that carbine has pretty good range. Right. It's yeah. it's the snow and the blizzard and everything that makes it hard to. So what what effective range should we? I I have a fifty yard effective range uh, for. A regular success. Same here. But what should we factor with all the snow and everything? Penalty die? Yeah, I'd say penalty die. Fifty yards is uh clo is close range? I don't think so. For for a right, for a yeah. carbine That's, carbine, yeah. Yeah, I have a Not shotgun. For a pistol. This is a oh, okay, rifle. Yeah. All right. You talk about like a like a hunting rifle, you know? All right, how did you do? No, fail. OK. 
Okay. Uh, I have a success, but I just need to know how many die to roll for. So I have if I can hit up to fifty yards, but what's the penalty with the snow and everything? Penalty uh, means you roll twice and take the worst roll. Oh, okay. What What are you shooting? What What's your gun? It's a twelve gauge shotgun. A uh, twelve gauge shotgun. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, at <laughs> long at long range, it's one d six. Just roll one d six. Roll it twice for a penalty. No, no, no. You roll to hit. Um, okay. Yeah, hit. So you hit. Rather... So now you're rolling for damage, but you're at long range, so it's one d six. If it was yeah. close range, it would be four d six. Yeah. <laughs> so your shot hits him. Um, does uh, one damage to him. Uh, uh, the shotgun ringing out, uh, the, the carbine ringing out, the shotgun ringing out, definitely knows you're there. Uh, Dr. Burke, were you also shooting at him? Uh, mine's a pistol at 50 yards. It's not going to do any good, I don't think. Okay. Um, when he hears you, she continues merrily going, Marilynly going along in the snow and he turns to see you uh and he looks at some of the windigo and he's like like this and the windigo suddenly turn away from him and face you and uh start to move in your direction and it's at this point call it a carbine click click at this point i'll show you that's what these things look like oh f that Okay, so how many are heading at us? There's two of them heading in your direction. Oh, two? Okay. And they seem to be moving rather swiftly across the snow. They don't sink in. So yeah, how do yeah. we, But that how, means they're, they're coming gonna, straight gonna, at, at us, so we've got a solid target to go after. How do we handle that one? I mean, I've got you know six more shots. I've got obviously extra shells with me, and then whatever my... 45 as well, but so I'm going to unload with the shotgun first, but uh, plus their range and you know. All right. Well, they're coming at you quickly, so I'm going to try and order them off. All right. What do you do? I fire. Step forward and step forward and point in the other direction. All right. Steve, you go ahead and fire. Uh, we'll we'll say this is by now it's close range. So, Steve, which one are you aiming at? I'll take the one on the right, left. Although I don't think we would even call it normally, right? You you probably always do it that way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I got a hit with the eight damage. I've got a hit as well. How far they're away? Uh, they're probably by now they're probably twenty feet and coming at you. Okay. So that's uh, that's uh, eighteen. Uh, did eighteen damage? Yeah. Holy shit! All right. Um, well, the one that hit gets eighteen damage. You seriously wound. And uh, what did you say, Steve? Did you hit eight? eight. You did eight damage. Um, it barely reacts as it's coming at you. But when Dr. Burke steps forward and, you know, tells them, stay back, get out of the way, you know, move away. And they put on the brakes, uh, so to speak. It's almost Bugs Bunny-like. They slide across the ice and they stay 
maybe 20 feet from you at this point. And, and it's, it's like, it's like wolves in a, uh, in a campfire. They're, they're staying at, at a distance and they're, they're moving side to side to try to get away in. Of course, the one isn't doing so good. You've, you've hit him pretty bad. So I, gonna, I think we would immediately try to finish him off now. Yep. I'm I'd say press again. on and get, okay. Press on and get him, leave him. If he's not, if they're not coming after us, we want to get Sutton. Shoot. So got to get them dead. Oh, that's a failure. Yeah, I, I amazingly failed at close range as well, but can we keep shooting? Well, in this case, you're going right up to them, aren't you, and shooting? That's pretty point blank. Well, yeah. Wait, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm letting, I'm keeping Burke between me and them, but I'm going to keep shooting at mine. Okay. Two. So for whatever reason, the wind is blowing and you're, you're not aiming very well. So the next, it's a rather high stress moment. Right. Yeah. The next one hits him. Okay. How much damage? Uh, I mean, are you aiming for the one that was already damaged? I was aiming for the one on the right. Yeah. I'm going to keep going for mine. Okay. And just the first two D six and he's yeah. gone. It's another yeah. 10 of damage. He had, he had two points left. So yeah. um, finishing maybe, off the wounded one. I, I do okay. another seven on the one on the right or left. So you did eight and then you did seven. It's still going, but you've damaged it really badly. And it's black ichor is going all over the, the ground. Okay, I'll shoot again that one, if there's nothing sorry. else going on. Take, uh, yeah. Stamp, take care of the heart. Well, I don't think we need to worry about them until the morning, but the one that he shot and wounded, uh -huh. can I run forward and stab it with this poker? Sure. I can try anyway. Yeah. Very good at this kind of stuff. Wow, that's a critical failure. Ninety-eight, <laughs> and I only have a twenty-five skill for brawl. So you just stand I'm, over it doing this, but you don't actually hit it. With <laughs> <laughs> it's like killing um, a vampire with a blunt stake. <laughs> uh, I think you can all do sanity rolls again at this point. Yes, made it. Made it. All right, fail. Uh, if you made it, I'm going to say just take one point of damage because at this point you're expecting it. Who failed? Made it too. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you do a 1d6. Who won? <laughs> uh, well, good for you. Yeah, well, there's not much left. <laughs> you guys are the monster slayers at this point. Um, I'm concerned if we don't get a move on, we will lose... Sutton in the woods. Well, by now, they have gone into the woods. The Wendigo were with them. There is a, a big trail, obviously, of all of their, okay. their footprints. And there is that black ichor uh, in a line that's leaking out of Maryland uh, oh. going into the woods. <laughs> and we winged Sutton as well, right? Uh, with one point, Hugh. Basically, one piece of your shot hit him. Ow. Oh, okay. It's not enough to make him bleed for a trip. She's bleeding enough, I guess. In fact, you probably imagine that what Sutton's reaction to something like that would have been, it's like, what the hell is wrong with you? And then he right. would have just ignored it. That's right. kind of what, when he got yeah. caught. Okay, so, so, uh, so wait, sorry. Uh, I'm going to reload. Tom. 
you you said that we're engaging. We have taken down one Wendigo. There's another one up, and it's kind of held back by the mask, or has it turned no. and is now following? No, you have you killed one, uh, and then uh, I mean uh, Leo killed one, and you and Doctor Stamp killed the other. Oh, okay. Oh, it is that okay. Well, Dr. Stamp attempted to run up and hit it. Yeah. Um, actually, I guess it's still going, but it's barely going. Uh, okay. you, you could perform a coup de grace on it without any difficulty all right. at all. Yeah, no, it's it uh, tear out the hearts. All right, so you're going to wait and tear out the hearts? Oh, yeah. I, I'm into this now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, but we don't want them to get away either. Right? Well, it's fine. If if we survive we this, we can always double back and take the hearts out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't like giant horned creatures coming at me out of the snowstorm. I'm taking out the hearts. All right. Go um, ahead. So by the time you have done that, um, uh, Sutton and the and Marilyn and the Wendigos are out of your sight, uh, but there is definitely a trail that you could easily follow. Okay. And how many Wendigos went with them? There could have been three or four, five. Oh, sweet it's Christ. Kind of hard to see in the in the snow. Jesus. We can't kill every Wendigo that we come across. Hey, Dr. Burke, you're you've just got a uh, a revolver? Yeah. So I, I think at this point I'm gonna hand Dr. uh Dr. Burke my coal. Um he doesn't just have a revolver, he's also got a magical bunny mask. I've I've got a forty-five. <laughs> oh, it's a forty-five. Oh, okay. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I got a forty-five. Oh, okay. It just its range is fifteen yards, though. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I didn't see any reason to shoot at fifty. That's probably extreme I was, long I was range. Just thinking of a smaller caliber revolver. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, it's a cannon. <laughs> but it's uh... after we clear that up, I guess we'll go go follow the trail. Well, these pokers are useless by now because they they've lost their heat. So yeah. Dr. Stamp, do you want to see if there's you can heat them back up in the fire in the cabin and, and then meet up with us? No, I, I think we should keep together and yeah, and I mean, unless we're going to bring the fire with Bullets us. Bullets are working so far. All right, let's go. Do you get any sense this thing can do anything other than just chase Wendigos away? Well, it can entertain children at a party. <laughs> yes, it probably can. It makes me look extremely silly. Um, no. Yeah, you know. I try to pray to the great rabbit, to the great hare, and ask for his help. Why don't you do a power roll? Yes, 18. Yeah, absolutely nothing uh, happens. That's a... Uh, <laughs> nothing happens. Nothing happens. Okay. Well. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll give you the option at this point. Are you you're going to follow the trail or yep. something else? All right. Trail. You follow the trail deeper into the woods. Um, I would like... Let me see how this works here. Sorry, um, there's a thing here. 
Uh, I would like you to all roll con checks. Critical success. Success. Uh, hard success. Leo? Just a regular old-fashioned success. You all had success. Good. Okay. No frostbite. <laughs> um, you now notice, as you're going forward, uh, that... Uh, I'll do it this way. Have a, do a spot hidden, everybody. Yes. Not a chance. That's a hard success. There's something in the snow, maybe 10 feet ahead of you, um, on the, just slightly on the side of the trail. It's black and odd-looking, rumpled sort of looking thing on the side. And as you approach, you realize that it's clothing. And you're pretty sure it's Sutton's clothes. Oh, a sweet criminy. From a cultist we can handle. A nudist has to be shot immediately. I was, I was actually worried for a moment we just found Ricky. <laughs> yes. Nah, he's one of, one of the Wendigo now. You continue into the woods. Is there anything in the pockets? Um, yeah. I mean, his ID anything. and... Nothing of value. Well, there's, you know, 35 cents. Robbing the horse. Um, Greyhawk him. <laughs> you move forward into the woods, and you can see that there's something going on uh, maybe 100 feet from you. Uh, you're pretty sure that there are Wendigo moving around. They're not facing in your direction. But on the other side of that, you can see there is a huge mound of snow that's been built up. And on the top of it are uh, tree boughs uh, that have been laid out. And Marilyn is laying on top of the, the tree boughs. And Sutton is on the other side, uh, stark naked, um, in, the, in the freezing cold. And he seems to be praying. You can't hear anything. The wind is howling. The, yes. the, that's, he's that's, too far away. That's what a rifle is for. Please tell me someone still has one of the lamps. Of course. Yeah, we've got lamps. Because Marilyn is in a giant pile of wood. No, she's on tree boughs sticking out of a giant mound of snow, if I heard right. Yeah. He's made kind of a bed for her out of, you know, mm -hmm. That wood's going to be very wet and not going to burn very well. It's going to be wet. It's going to have oil in them. It was and worth I've worth got a, a naked guy I can shoot at. But you've also got a bunch of Windico in between yeah, you and... Yeah, Bunny Boy can keep those at bay. How many is let's, a bunch let's of... Let's go forward and see if I can get the Wendigo to park. How many do we have, though? Looks like there could be upwards of 10 of them at this point. Oh, for God's 
and they're and they're moving around in a circle around the around the mound. Like a brought a gatling. Um, you would guess off, that put, if put the they're the what whatever they are, they, perhaps they're praying. I'm taking oh. a shot at frickin' Sutton. Yeah, are we within let's, 50 yards? Let's get close enough first. It's all right. Yeah. Close enough for you so to you push You've got longer the... range with your carbine than I do, but how close are we now? Well, you're moving closer. Say so you're about 75 feet away, and the icy cold carries sound pretty well, and you can hear Sutton yelling something. Um, I gotta take a shot. Master shut of, him up. Master of well, the, keep, of keep the moving north. forward as you're shooting then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I gotta about, get close enough to use my gun. About 25 yards. Sorry, what was he saying, Tom? Uh, so he's yelling out, you know, Master of the North Wind, your child will be born. And uh, you hear Marilyn screaming as he's standing there. And he seems to be completely unaffected by the cold. 42 or 45. Yes. I'm going forward. Sticking with Dr. Burke. Do the Wendigos split when I go forward? Um, Well, you're not quite to them yet. My shot uh, is good. And I'm shooting at Sutton. Okay. Uh, And I hit him. He's about 25 yards away, so that's 2d6. I only hit him for 6. Okay. And Steve, what did you do? I hit for 11 points. All right. Um, uh, so Naked Sutton is standing there like this, and uh, the combined, you, you, you basically hit him in the chest uh, with the bullets, and uh, Leo, you hit him uh, maybe in the shoulder, and he flies backwards into the snow and disappears from sight um, on the other side of the mound. But as that happens, um, you can see all of the Wendigo sort of stop dead in their tracks where they are. And you can see Marilyn. And as she screams, you can see her sort of writhing in agony. You can actually see something pushing up on her pregnant belly. And then suddenly it rips and blood pours down from her with black goo and all this. And in the center of it is what must be a baby. Uh, but you're still not close enough. Um, now, as you, as you approach Dr. Burke, the Wendigo notice you and immediately pull away to either side and they're snarling and they're howling and they're hissing at you. But as they're stuck there? Forward. Yeah, they won't they don't seem to want to come anywhere near Dr. Burke. So I um, and you guys are all next to him, so they're not coming. I'm taking a bead at the baby. No, I, let's see first. I'm taking a bead at the baby. <laughs> I'll walk away from you. That's fine. Leo okay. is I, 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 don't, I don't I don't think I don't think he's asking saying out loud to you that he's gonna shoot the baby. He raises his gun, I walk away from him. Then you can deal with the 10 Wendigo. You, you realize that that baby just clawed its way out of the mother, right? 
I still want to see what it is. 43. You will. You will see what's left of it. No. At this point, I don't think any of us really care. I'm going to the baby. You can keep next to me if you want to. Um, you know, let's do a, a penalty dice because it's a tiny target. And it's not entirely showing because it's laying in the carcass of its mother. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. Six. 40. I, I got a 43 out of 45. Oh, wait. Penalty die is we rolled twice. Right. Correct. Right. Your 10 die. Your 10s die. Oh, to make the shot. To make the shot. Correct. Gotcha. You roll two tens a die. Well, that's one way. You can just roll it oh. twice. It doesn't matter. It's wow. the same idea. I missed the tiny baby. All right. I hit the tiny baby. Okay. Um, that's two, though. I've Ten points of more. damage. I've All got right. five more shots. I imagine I would just kind of unload at it, but I don't know how we handle those. We still handle it in rounds. So, um, Steve, you fire and... You you think you hit it. You definitely hit the carcass of the mother. Um, there's splatters of blood as you go there. And all of a sudden, the sky begins to roil. And Aww. there's a thunderous noise. And there's a blast of freezing cold wind coming in your direction. And... As you look, you're looking up towards the mound. There is something coming from a distance over the hills, uh, towering above the woods. Uh, and it's moving straight at you. And it's moving swiftly like the wind. Maybe it's flying in the sky. And you can see two flaming red eyes that must be the size of gigantic. It's huge. And, and this vaguely humanoid frozen mass of energy uh, descends out of the sky um, and reaches down a huge hand towards where the child is laying. And you can see it lifted up, its hand now all covered in blood it's on the ground. Everybody do sanity rolls. I'm shooting. <laughs> yeah, that's a fail. I passed. <laughs> pass. If you pass, I, I'm long gone. <laughs> if you pass, one d10. Jeez. And if you fail, if, if, if you, you fail, one d100. No. Fuck. <laughs> I have a d100. Well, just roll your percentile dice. I lost one point. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> 27. Yeah. Ouch. It's got insane. the baby. I've well, got what 11 did you get? points left. Well, how, how many points did you lose, Steve? Uh, I lost 19. Okay. How I many lost... did you lose, Dr. Burke? Four. Really? All right. I made the, sa I made the thing, so I only had the one. Uh, uh, somehow... Dr. Burke and Dr. Stamp are not stark raving insane. The other two, uh, we'll, we'll do the, the two investigators. Uh, Steve, roll a 10-sided dice. Eight. Eight. Uh, 
uh, roll, uh, uh, what does he say? Uh, roll uh, 1d4. Three. You have the red <laughs> mist. Uh, everything okay. in your mind just goes blank. I'm and unloading. You are going to start unloading your gun on the nearest person. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, but before that happens, Leo, roll a 1d10. Two. Two. Um, you are just going to drop everything in your hands, turn in the other direction, and run as fast as you can. So, do a luck roll to see if you're the nearest thing to Steve. <laughs> If I um, passed, <laughs> all right. So, so you are not the nearest thing. You have disappeared from the scene, and you are running uh, mindlessly, screaming into the woods. Um, he has a good idea. I'm running mindlessly, but <laughs> I'm running non-mindlessly into the woods. Doctor Stamp, you were saying. Um, I failed a luck roll. I, th I thought we were all making luck rolls. Oh no, no, just him. To see if. if uh, but uh, I Dr. was behind Dr. Burke, so if Leo's not the closest one to Steve, it's probably going to be me. Okay. Well, or the Wendigo. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, who wants to take their luck? We'll give a 50 50 chance on which one of you. Uh, he, doesn't, Dr. he doesn't include the Wendigo in that? Dr. Sorry, Burke, sorry. call um, uh, high or low? High. Seven. Hi. Uh, uh, Steve, you immediately turn towards Dr. Burke and fire. That's a hit. Oof. I said hi. Yeah. It, it rolled high. So you, you're the one. Eight points of damage. Okay. okay. Burke, you're suddenly hit with uh, uh, gunfire. Uh, Stamp, you see this. Uh, of course, you're still... You're still terrified by the giant eyes in the sky with the baby in its hand that's now being lifted off the ground and up into the sky. Stab the baby. Stab the baby. Yeah, you're not near the baby. The baby's being lifted up into the, into the air. Yeah. No, I'm gone. I'm beaten. <laughs> I'm running right through the middle of the uh, Wendigo. Well, you were just shot for eight points of damage. Yes, I know. I'm still up. All right. I got, I got 12, 11 points. Okay. I'd but, say that you're so, stumbling. So that means you, <laughs> yeah. He's taking over half wound. his hit points in a it's a major wound and a constitution roll to stay conscious. Yeah, constitution roll to see if you stay conscious. I wish we get that part. Yep. All right, so you managed to stumble forward. Uh Dr. Stamp, what are you doing? Uh, Professor Stamp, what are you doing? Well, I was right behind Dr. Burke, but now that he's been shot, I probably stop and try to duck for cover. Okay. Because I don't know who's shooting. All right. Um, uh, Steve, Oops. once again, do uh, well. No, you're you're not you're not in control. You're just going to turn. Uh, I'll let you do a, a, a fifty fifty roll. You know, you decide who who you're shooting at. Either uh, either Stamp or Burke. Uh, 
or or Wendigo. Maybe make it a one. Uh, you know, roll a six-sided dice, one and two. It's one person. Or hold on, I I gone nowhere. I I'm just standing there, letting him shoot at me. No, you're running away, but he's shooting at anything. That I'm moves. now in the middle of the Wendigo. How can he target me? It's one second later. He's okay. just firing. So I'm rolling a die six. Right. I have rolled a die. I have rolled six. So who gets hit? Who are nah, you I think that's Burke again. Sorry. Okay. And I got a 99. On your shot? On my shot, which is a malfunction. Okay. Uh, yeah, your gun uh, locks doesn't up. fire. It locks up. It freezes up. Drop it. Pull my handgun. Okay, but that's next round. Yep. Uh, by now, Dr. Burke is probably out of, out of range. and uh, But you're running into the Wendigo. Mm. Um with the scary, scary bunny mask on. And I'll grab him if he'll come with me. <laughs> well, Dr. Stamp has run behind a tree. Um, uh, what do you want to do, Dr. Burt? I mean, Dr. Uh, uh, Professor Stamp. Uh, cower. <coughs> Duck down, try to make myself as small a target as possible, hoping to right. get shot. Um, <laughs> he doesn't look like he's stopping, okay? Uh, I'm sorry, what was that, Leo? He does. I, I briefly run away. Well, Leo, you roll a 1d10. Six. You are going to run and run and run for six rounds. <laughs> and then... Hey, John, and, can you mute your mic when you're coughing? If I can, yes. And then... Um, You'll do a con roll, and if you don't pass your con roll, you just pass out. And you, that which means you'll probably freeze to death in the snow. So this is two, right? Right, this is two. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so Stamp is, is hiding. Uh, Steve, you are now turning towards the Wendigo and firing, because they're the only thing that's really left. Uh, Go ahead and, and do a roll. Excellent. And that's a miss. Of course, no. At this point, the Wendigo are turning towards you all. And uh, Dr. Burke, you are by far the closest. So one of them is going to attempt to leap at you and pin you to the ground. You can try to dodge. I'm sorry, you're muted. Even with a mask. <laughs> it's going to try. So do a dodge. Nope. Okay. Uh, it also missed. So your mask may still be in effect. But the the creatures have gone bananas at this point. Um, uh, a bunch of them turn and start running towards you. Steve and uh, Dr. Stamp, you can see they're coming towards you, but you're cowering. What would you like to do? I'm firing at the nearest. Okay. 
So you don't really have a choice, but you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, that's wrong. Wrong guy. Uh, that's nine points against the lead one. Okay. Um, it flinches, but it continues at you. And uh, it is leaping in the air. A couple of them are leaping in the air right at you. So they're going to hit you uh, next round. Uh, Dr. Stamp, you have maybe one chance of doing something before they're going to be where you are. We're going to make you a doctor at some point because, you know. It's easier. We just call it Neither <laughs> if he survives, I will be posthumous. Uh, you, I'm sorry. What was that? Sorry. I wanted to know what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I'm really. I'm too terrified to move. People are shooting. There's monsters running around. I'm hidden behind a tree, crouching down. I'm hoping that either the action moves on away from me, um, stops, or I'll probably freeze to death. Right. Do a luck roll then. Sure. I failed. Yeah, you failed. Um, as two of these Wendigos leap at uh, Steve, uh, Steve, you can try to do a dodge. They got good rolls. <laughs> oh, uh, that is a hard success. Okay, they also got hard successes, which means okay. they, they actually succeed. Um, so two of them pounce on you, uh, knocking the gun out of your hand. You're still really not completely aware of what's going on. Everybody in the world is an enemy yeah, yeah. at this point. Um, and let's see if they do damage. Wait, well, how much damage do they do? Yeah, they do ten points of damage to you total. Yeah, that's enough. I'm I'm down. That okay. takes me to zero. Okay, so you are you're actually unconscious and probably going to be ripped apart in the next moment. Um, Got it. But uh, stamp, you also lost your luck roll. So as you're there, one of these things is suddenly towering over you in front uh, as you're cowering there, and it's about to swing. I'm trying to do a dodge if you want. Just accept your fate. <laughs> no. Yeah. It uh, it Where's hits you. No. Big time fail. Uh, it hits you and does 10 points of damage. Yeah, that uh, that drops me. I'm, so it I had nine. Basically splatters your head against the, the thing. Yeah. Uh, I failed my con roll as well. <laughs> Dr. Burke. Um... The things are trying to stay a little bit away from you. What else, What would you like to do? I'm running in the direction of the only person I still know is standing, which is uh, Leo. Um, I don't know where he went, but I'm heading in that direction and hopefully can find him. Okay. Eventually. Um, pretty much so all... I'm running out of them if I can get away. I, like I'm not trying to go near them. I'm just trying to keep them away from me. Well, what they're doing is they are following on your, your trail. Um, okay. All of them are. And uh, 
Leo. Do your con roll. Was it a pass? Yeah. <clears throat> Amazing. Okay. So you've, you've, you've run. You don't know where you are. You know that you're in the freezing cold winter woods somewhere. Can I, can I see the lodge from where I am? No. You have no idea where you've run. And you're, you're a little disoriented as to where you are at the moment. And you are completely exhausted. Um, uh, you're not even aware of why you ran, but it all starts coming back to you. What, what you saw, what you see, and you're on the verge of tears and on the verge of screaming. Um, Dr. Burke, will luck, uh, Dr. Burke, do a luck roll to see if you go anywhere near. I think you need probably a hard pass on that. Yep. I so can't hear him or follow his trail. Uh, nope. Um, and you're, you've got these monsters. Oh, wait a second. Can I, oh, you can't use, uh, you can't use luck on luck, right? No, correct. Can you push um, the luck roll? No, you can't push the luck. So. Is there anything I can do to, to, to no. no, um, you've, you've chosen the wrong direction. You've gone some other direction. Um, however, you have a chance of possibly getting back to the lodge because you do kind of know which direction that was. Uh, Leo, I'm just going to give you one last luck roll. And if you fail it, you're going to just wind down and freeze to death. You're going to be Jack Nicholson at the end of, uh, here it goes. I have uh, decidedly failed that. Okay. So you finally just, you're so exhausted, you sit down next to a tree and uh, just slowly drift off to sleep. Perhaps as you are slowly drifting off to sleep, you hear something running through the woods, coming straight at you. And a moment later and everything goes black. You're gone. Uh, Thought I was going to make that one. Dr. Burke. Um, you eventually get back to the lodge. Uh, the, uh, the others are all slaughtered. While you guys were gone, more Wendigo came in through the, win the windows and basically massacred all of the other guests. Um, you find yourself in the lodge. The Wendigo will stay away from you, and as the sun rises, uh, the Wendigo all uh, move off into the woods. Uh, you are, however, without any kind of heat. Uh, you have been hours in the snow and ice. So I'll give you a luck roll to see if you might manage to somehow insanely make your way all the way to Hudson without dying. Can I not set a fire and warm up in the lodge? There's, everything is wet. Everything is freezing. Okay. Nope. 
so displaced. If I can make, can I make it to the car? <laughs> well, maybe, but it's it's buried warm. under it's buried under a couple of feet of snow. Mm. Um, so, despite your best efforts, somewhere along the way between here and Hudson, you 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 die, and that's the end of our story. So, in fairness, that was a fifteen-minute walk in the freezing cold, right? Or fifty-mile walk? Yeah. Sometimes you're just I, desperate, and there's. I really else. thought we were going to make it. At least some of us. <laughs> so, do you have any questions? Uh, um, no. That was that was a blast. Yeah. No, I'm. Uh, so. So, Sutton so, impregnated I, I mean, his. Sutton yeah, was what some kind what of. Uh, so what happened uh, was Sutton had priest. been, Sutton had been kind of in league with, um, Ithaca, uh, which is what that was. At the end, um, he was sort of in league with that since he was a kid, uh, jealous of his brother, jealous of his brother and his father, um. He had at one point even attempted uh, to get rid of them. The result was the father died and the brother managed to say. But anyways, as time went on, he became more and more reclusive up there in the, in the woods. And finally, he sort of received visions from Ithaca that what he needed to do was that Ithaca wanted to create a kind of a bridge into our existence. And uh, so... In July, uh, Sutton invited uh, his brother and, and, and uh, uh, sister-in-law uh, up to the thing where he introduced them to Ithaca. And they pretty much kind of went nuts, obviously, from, from the experience. And in the process, uh, Stuart uh, was the proxy, and he impregnated her uh, while he was possessed by Ithaca. And that was the, the child thing that was going to be born. And that he, he had managed to, to cause the memory to be suppressed, but it was the doctor who reawakened the thing and caused him all kinds of problems with this. Uh, it was, it was uh, Stuart who summoned uh, the power of Ithaca to take him all the way from the lodge uh, to the doctor's office uh, in the blizzard and then use, uh, the spell is actually called cold warning, that he could freeze the doctor. Uh, you didn't give him a chance to use it on you guys, but he would have if, uh, if you hadn't blown him away. That is a uh, nasty spell. Um, anyway, there's the cover. <laughs> you and, can see. Oh, nice. So um, did, did we miss any major directions no not paths, really not really you hit pretty much everything characters or... could no. could the could the guy in the mask have gotten to the baby or but done anything against ithaca itself well there's not really there's nothing you could have done to okay. ithaca. um right, that's like a force of nature what the uh what what would have happened had you know, well, we'll talk about that afterwards. Um, okay. Why don't we go ahead and finish it? We've sort of given okay. the, what's going to happen. Um, our players included uh, John Lundman, Ian Christensen, John Hicks, Michael Rodriguez, and, and Josh Harwood, who unfortunately couldn't be here tonight. With myself as the Keeper of the Secrets, we're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. 
The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.